0: Lord for thy great plan, that we thy
1: be. Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These Life Studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program.
0: The Book of Exodus A book of so many well-known stories is clearly divided into two distinct sections. The first 24 chapters are where we find most of these marvelous and familiar stories that interestingly match many of the highlights of the New Testament Gospels. We've seen clear and well-developed pictures of such things as redemption and baptism and God's miraculous deliverance of his people from the tyranny of their sinful and worldly condition. But the second section from chapter 25 through 40, also has its New Testament equivalent. The Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians that it was given to him to complete the Word of God. And the epistles in the New Testament develop the rich aspects of the divine revelation, including Christ as our life and the church as the body of Christ. It's these same things that we will see developed as we continue our exploration of the life study of Exodus, and today that exploration has as our tour guide, Brother Ron Kang. It's great to have you back, Ron.
2: I'm happy to be here, and um, I'm quite warm on Exodus these days, and happy to revisit this book in the Spirit of Fellowship.
0: Uh, Ron, I think that just as many readers of the Bible may tend to skip over this second half of Exodus, the same probably can be said, if we're all honest, about the New Testament epistles. I think everyone loves reading the Gospels and, and the great stories and the miracles, but it's these stories in this second portion of Exodus and in the epistles of Paul that really open up the unsearchable riches of Christ as Paul describes them. We really shouldn't skip over these portions, should we?
2: Well, we should never neglect any portion of the Word, but especially Paul's epistles. However, we need to recognize that the natural human mind cannot begin to fathom what was revealed to Paul and what is disclosed through Paul in his epistles. And while you were giving your opening fellowship, I was reminded of the record in Luke 24 that the Lord Jesus opened up the Scriptures, and he opened up the minds of the disciples that they could understand. And then the Lord pointed out what was written in Moses and the Psalms and the prophets concerning himself. So the Lord himself recognized that in this portion of Exodus, chapters 25 through 40, much is disclosed through type concerning himself. And then Paul also realized this. Therefore, in his epistles, under the direction of the Spirit, he would present revelation from God that in a very real sense matches what is portrayed in Exodus 25 through 40. Hmm. And if we would set aside our inclination to only read the exciting parts or the parts that we can readily understand just by our own natural thinking and realize there are depths in the Word of God and that they can be opened to us by the Spirit and through the proper ministry. And so this is why we treasure this whole upcoming section on Exodus, because we are about to see the Lord right. and God's goal to have a building on the earth is, portrayed here in an amazing and marvelous way.
0: Mm. Why well, I say amen to your opening comments as well. Ron, uh, just as a matter of quick review, this is uh, the second message concerning the Ark of the Testimony. In the first message, the previous message, it was emphasized, and will be again today, that the materials of the Ark, the acacia wood, repetitively throughout the tabernacle and the construction of the elements within the the tabernacle itself acacia wood overlaid with gold these are critically important and maybe you could just say a little review on this
2: yes they are critically important again because of their significance in typology okay why acacia wood there are many other kinds of wood but it portrays the uplifted humanity of Jesus, portrayed especially in Luke, where you see there was never a human being like our Lord with respect to his humanity. Right. And gold, in typology, refers to the divine nature, especially in its expression in glory. So here you have the ark constructed with acacia wood, referring to the humanity of Jesus, but it's inlaid and overlaid with gold, referring to the divine nature and the expression of God, then what is portrayed here is the God-man Jesus, a divinely human and humanly divine person, the incarnation and expression of God, God manifested in the flesh, the complete God and a perfect man. So the ark is referring to Christ, the embodiment and testimony and expression of God in, with, and through his humanity. Wow.
0: Well, in this ministry, uh, there's a phrase that is oft used to describe this union of these two materials, and that is mingling. And just to be clear, we've talked about this before, mingling is a term that can be misunderstood, but when properly understood is seen by the acacia wood, representing the uplifted humanity, overlaying and inlaid with gold, the divine nature. This is the sense in which we use this term mingling, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is. And we are aware of two things that are pertinent here. One is, in the 5th century, there was a heresy, a Christological heresy, that used this term improperly and really was just erroneous. So the heresy had to be corrected and then the representatives of the church presented a definition of Christ's person that we regard as orthodox. The other line is... Mingling is an excellent term to describe the union of the divine and human nature, but in this union, both the divinity and humanity remain distinct, and a third nature is not produced. Right. And at least in the type of the meal offering, the word mingle is used there regarding the oil and the fine flour. So because it's used in the word, and because if properly employed... It is exceedingly helpful to describe the God-man Jesus we have used, we do use, and we will continue to use this term, but laboring when necessary to make it clear to those who have a reaction to the mere word that we're using it to convey truth, not error.
0: Ron, we're touching today the uh, ark again, as I mentioned. And the ark, like the tabernacle itself, had to be mobile, had to be movable. And that is important as we read verse 12 of chapter 25. And you shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them on its four feet. And two rings shall be on one side of it and two rings on the other side of it. Here's Witness Lee.
3: If you ask me to give you a full definition of the four Rings and the two poles, the answer, the definition of the entire book of Acts. The book of Acts tells us the four rings and the two poles. This means the move of Christ as God's testimony on this earth. The article is made in a movable way, in typology, whenever God is used as a ring that signifies the eternal spirit. The ring signifies the spirit with whom we have been sealed. Why it is a ring? Because there is no ending and no beginning. This signifies eternal. Eternal spirit is the Rings and the rings is just the linking power, the linking to connect the linking factor and the linking power. Without the rings, no way to uh, hold the ark, no linking, no connecting. So, this indicates what this indicates the life giving eternal spirit is the lynching factor and power. That is the ring. Now, this ring is cast, being cast, cast. The eternal life-giving spirit becomes a lynching power. Through what? Through the experience of the cross. The more experience of the cross the more life-giving eternal spirit will be caused in your life. Day after day, you must experience the cross. The cross is always a test. The crossing is the casting. Then it becomes a ring. Yes, it is the life-giving spirit, but you have to realize this life-giving spirit must get through the casting, the experience of the cross. Then this life-giving eternal spirit will become a golden ring. That is the linking power. Okay, four rings. Signify what? Signify the four corners of the earth. And this is the life-giving spirit. To the four corners of the earth. Means to reach all the people. Christ, at the embodiment of God's testimony, has to reach all the people at the four corners of the earth.
0: Ron, there were a couple of points here that uh, struck me. I'll just open both of them up to you and allow you to address your time accordingly to your burden. But this matter first that the rings were cast of gold has a significance A ring having the symbolic connection to the spirit and to the eternal spirit. And Witness Lee points out the life-giving spirit and also bringing us to the matter of the reality of the experience of that as being connected to our experience of the cross. And then secondly, the matter of the four rings on the four corners related to the four corners of the earth. So I just lay all of this on the table before you and you can serve.
2: Okay. Let's first establish the fact there was not God's intention that the ark be stationary. It needed to be moved and there were serving ones designated to carry the ark on poles that were inserted through these golden rings. So, let me comment briefly on the second matter you mentioned. The four rings, in this case, the number four indicates what we call the four corners of the earth. Our God has a universal concern. He is the God of heaven and of earth. We echo the words of the psalmist, the earth is the Lord's. We have the commission to disciple all the nations to proclaim the gospel to all of creation, to preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins to all people. So we should have some impression of the universality of God's move. Now, let's turn to the rings being cast. The fact that they are rings, this again is in typology, refers to something eternal and In this case, the eternal spirit. The rings are of gold, so you have the divine nature there. But the emphasis here is cast, not beaten. So other matters made of gold, like the lampstand itself was a beaten work. But the rings were cast, so this is not an accidental mention. This also must bear some spiritual significance And here I would remind our listeners that this is a life study of the Word. It's a study. That's what we are engaged in right now, but it's a life study. And that means what we are studying is meant by God Himself, because His words are spirit and life, to be experienced by us as life in our Christian life. So the rings themselves are the spirit. These golden rings are the linking factor. Without them, there's no place for the poles, no way for the ark to move. But the word cast indicates a process that portrays suffering in our experience. Consider in Acts, the Lord there wants the testimony to be movable to the uttermost part of the earth. Right. The apostles and disciples are participating in that move. Well, we would say the severe persecution against the church in Jerusalem in chapter 8 led to an experience comparable to the casting of the rings. So in the experience of the saints, the Spirit in them and they in the Spirit passed through a kind of suffering that produced the rings as the linking factor. And then you see a great move right, right, that everyone left except the apostles. Just see what happened through Philip the Evangelist there in Samaria. So the point here is that we need to have a necessary experience if we are to be the ones through whom the ark Christ as the embodiment of God's testimony will move, we need to pass through suffering so that the Spirit in us is, quote, cast to become the rings. Then we have the linking factor, and the Lord can move without hindrance anywhere and everywhere on the
0: earth. Amen. That's tremendous. I couldn't help but think that, Ron, as you were speaking, our faith is made perfect through sufferings, and according to the Apostle, that... Uh, as you indicated, really matches this thought of what it is to be cast. There's intense heat and even some pressure there to produce something in a perfect form, and that is the suffering that we all must partake of, isn't it?
2: It is, and that reminds me of the Lord's word to Ananias concerning Paul. He said, I will show him what things he must suffer for my name. Mm. So his life from that point on was a constant suffering, but that suffering produced the rings and enabled the ministry to move to the Gentile world and open up Europe for the testimony of Jesus.
0: Well, we're coming to now, we've mentioned that we're going to focus more on the poles that have been referred to, and we find those particularly in verses 13 and 14. And you shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Here's the gold and the acacia wood again. And you shall put the poles into the rings on the side of the ark, to carry the ark with them. We mentioned at the beginning that this second portion of Exodus doesn't have as many interesting stories, but we do have a delightful story given to us in this section by Witness Lee that I think all of our listeners will enjoy.
3: Now we come to the poles. The poles are poles of acacia wood, overlaid with gold. It is in the same way that the ark is made. You have seen already, that the acacia wood is a kind of hard wood, strong, high. This signifies Christ humanity. Christ's humanity is the strength to carry Christ's testimony. What is acacia wood? A strong human character. You know, let me tell you, who opened the door of John? Praise the Lord. That was Mr. Hudson Taylor. Up to the knowledge of China, many American missionaries. They were really acacia wood. They weren't there. No Chinese would listen to the foreign devil's teaching. The Chinese despised the missionaries. But these dear missionaries, they did have Christ living in there. They opened the door of that conservative old country, not by the so-called outward gifts, just by what they behaved. I just give you one illustration, a real story. By that time, no village would be open to the foreigners. There were no other foreigners, just missionaries. Then the village made decision. Whosoever saw a foreigner, they have to beat the gun. Then the whole village heard the sound. Every home closed the door. So no one would contact this foreigner. This dear one, he hid himself beside the door. After quite a while, this family opened the door a little bit to see what happened. Then this one put a stick into it. <laughs> they couldn't close the door again. They were struggling. Then he put the feet uh, one foot in. And then he got in. So they didn't do much damage to him. He studied the situation. You know where he went. Every Chinese family has a meal to grind the wheat, the corn. That was a hard job. Sometimes they used a donkey, a little donkey, you know, to turn the mill, you know, <laughs> to grind their corns and so forth. The missionary studied the children, and this children, when he got into the yard, right away, he went to the mill. He put himself on the mill to grind the things for them. And then the Pharaoh said, not bad, <laughs> not bad, let this foreign devil grant a meal for us. <laughs> half a day. I say again, the Chinese people are ethical. The oldest one of the family would say, give that foreign devil a cup of water. He'd been grinding there for half a day and gave him something to eat. See? And he took the drink and took the food. Dad gradually opened the door. Then they would talk to him a little bit. I just you see, they're saying Today, what is today's polls? The testimony of the Lord Jesus goes by our transformed humanity. As a high standard oot. This is the strength Then in our living, God is expressed. So the acacia wood is overlaid
0: with God. Well, Ron, while we're on the theme of stories, we just heard a delightful one as promised. No Miracles... No great signs of divine power or extraordinary activity. But I would say this is a story that stands with any of those accounts in whether the Gospels or the Book of Acts that do speak of the miracles that are always part of the Gospel. But this aspect of the acacia wood overlaid with gold is illustrated in this story is really worth our focus, isn't it?
2: It is, and this is why we need both the Old Testament but the pictures and the New Testament with the clear words of definition. With the poles made basically of acacia wood, overlaid with gold, again you see the uplifted humanity, not just of the Lord Jesus, but of those who are bearing the testimony of Jesus, proclaiming the gospel to all the nations. Then in Acts, you see the same kind of thing, There is no doubt that signs and wonders of extraordinary kinds took place, but that is really something on the surface. I would like to put together as an illustration a statement made by the people in Acts chapter 17. These are the ones in Thessalonica. And they said, These men who have upset the world Hmm. have come here also. These men... (laughs) Then we put this together with this word from 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, the latter part of verse 5, even as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Wow. So Paul appeals to them and is assured that they can say, you know what kind of men He didn't say, you know, what kind of power we displayed, what signs and wonders we performed, what miracles, what healings. He said, what kind of men we were among you. Then in chapter 2, you have a development of this, where Paul said, you are very dear to us. We would speak to you not only the word of God, we would pour out our own souls for you. We're like a nursing mother, an exhorting father. So here is the acacia wood. Right. The men, by the kind of persons they were, in the uplifted humanity of Jesus, yet expressing something divine, they affected people so much, they turned them from idols to serve the living and true God. Then we have a similar testimony in Acts chapter 20 when Paul is speaking to the elders from the church in Ephesus where he had spent three years. And again he could say, you know how I was among you, how I cared for you, how I did not covet anyone's gold or their clothing. With my own hands I worked to support myself. So the emphasis is not on miracles, not on power, but on the humanity of those that are bearing Christ as the Lord's testimony. We really need to be impressed with this precious matter.
0: Ron, I'm impressed with this precious matter, I have to say. And uh, I, like you, am enjoying so much this book of Exodus again. It's very fresh this time. I'm really looking forward to these uh, coming messages that open up in a similar fashion as today's these uh, remaining 16 or so chapters of the book of Exodus this really is in our understanding, not in a literal sense, a completion of the word of God.
2: Amen to that. And I would say to our listeners, sincerely, if you want to, along with Paul, have the excellency of the knowledge of Christ and know him in a more experiential way and also know God's goal in this universe. Please continue to listen. Avail yourself of the ministry because this ministry in its purity will bring you to the Word of God, to the life of God, to the goal of God, and above
0: all, to our Lord Jesus Himself. Always great to have you with us, Ron. I look forward to our next time.
1: This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more about these two 20th century New Testament ministers, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, That's lsm.org. Thank you for listening today.